In this episode, I sat down with uh, my buddy Jeff, who you guys know, but I also had a special guest today, Kyle Manzano from Manzano Tactical. Uh, you guys might know him. You're going to learn a little bit about him for about the first 15, 20 minutes we're in the talk today, and then we're going to jump right into uh, gun laws that we think are coming to your state. Why? Because uh, California is pushing these, th- these guys hard, specifically here in the city of San Jose, where a lot of this stuff originated. Wanted to bring a little bit of information as the thing started to heat up a little bit, and that's what this episode is, is about. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. wouldn't know you, Kyle, if it wasn't for Jeff, because Jeff was training with you uh, for a good part of 2020 and into 21 there. When I started, when I finally got connected with you, I got Kyle Manzano from Manzano Tactical. And Kyle, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate being here. It's good to finally have you in here. Uh, Huge part of the Northern California uh, community, firearms community. Uh, You're an instructor. uh, And I'd be hard pressed to, to know anybody in the in the South Bay area, but as we start working up the peninsula and even into the Northeast Bay that doesn't know who you are and know who Manzano Tactical is. For good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you take that for what it's worth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Any publicity is good publicity. But yeah. you've also been doing quite a bit of work with a lot of instructors all over the state and the country for that matter. A lot of people know who you are and what you're contributing uh, from a content perspective on social media, which is, you know, as long as I've known you, it's always trying to provide value. Um, and, uh, some of the stuff they're seeing lately is, is really based around, this is the stuff I, and I really appreciate from it. It's really revolved around the basics, but, but taking those to the next level and, uh, making people aware of things that they should be aware of, but also giving them some really practical uh, advice on how to practice those on their own, both on the range and off the range, which is super important. I mean, it's one thing to get on there and see somebody shooting really fast and be really skilled and, and, uh, and look cool. But it's another thing to be able to, for those people that don't have access to the range or the things that you may have access to, Hey, how can I get better at home on my own without an instructor? Uh, like irrespective of where I am in the world, I can still gain value from Kyle. Um, and I think that's what you're doing a really great job of, man. That's what I'm trying to do, man. Like, um, at every course I tell people, I want you to get your money's worth. Like you're spending your day, you're spending your time, you're spending you know X, Y, and Z to be out here today. I really want you guys to feel like you got not just what you paid for, but way more. So I I always feel like that when I'm out there with you, man. And, and, uh, I know other people do, and I've watched the business grow significantly. Uh, but one of the other things that I really appreciate about you, and that's, you know, a lot of it based around the premise of what we're doing here on the iron size podcast, which is why it's so great to have you is, is the importance of, you know, sort of the community building piece. And, and you're very good at reaching out and developing those relationships much better than I've ever been, particularly again, like through the social media platform, uh, very of, good community builder. Yeah. Sure. Man. I mean, like he's pulling people in companies in, yeah. uh, from all over the place. And I'm always, I'm always interested to hear, 
you know, the projects you're working on and the things that you're doing? I mean, what's exciting in the world of Manzano Tactical right now? What can you tell us? So in, uh, in recent development, we just got asked to teach at Atlanta Range Day. So that, that was cool. Um, last year, they used our targets exclusively. So that was, that was awesome. I really appreciate that. But um, they actually want us to come out and teach this year. When is it? Um, the end of May 2023. Okay. So it's before it gets too damn hot. <laughs> I don't know. It's in Georgia. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it's, it's always, always gonna, sticky yeah, out there. Dude, <laughs> dude it gets, it's, that's different kind of hot there, yeah. man. It's a different kind of hot, but that is awesome. I mean, you're talking complete right coast now, you yeah. know, going from one side to the other. That's amazing. Oh, you've been out to a lot of the other range days too. That's, that's fun. One of the things that I see all over the place right now is your targets. Um, and the talk about the targets and some of the things that come along with the targets. Cause I, I think, I think again, this is one of those ways people can get, so much from what you're providing and aside from purchasing the targets, the rest of shit's free. Yeah. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I try to give uh, as much free stuff as possible, either information or knowledge through social media or on our website, we have targets you can print out a zones, a zone head boxes, um, just stuff like that. But um, my target is something that I personally wanted and um, it just kind of took off from there. So I realized during my trainings that I would be putting up a target for this and that drill. And then I put up another target for this separate mm-hmm. drill. And then I put up another target for the separate drill. And I was like, dude, I just need to figure out like, how do I put all of these drills on the one target? Mm-hmm. And my, my YouTube is basically just all the different drills I found through generic measures, like a zone boxes, a zone head boxes, B eight targets, and then just formulating all those drills, putting them together and then throwing them up on the YouTube. So that's, that's all that the target is. It's just, very um, commonly used measurements within the industry on one piece of paper. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's again, there's value in that. Cause I've been out on the range. I'm like, damn, it seems like we always have the stapler in our hand uh, when we were out there pr- previously. Mm-hmm. And so it saves time. Yeah. So that brings value to the people that are attending the classes that they're not constantly doing that. We're breaking to jam mags, get some water, right? Maybe a little food and we're coming right back. And you get to do the same, mm-hmm. right? Rather than constantly having to change things out. And for, for people listening, like, okay, dude, that's, that's cool. Everybody's trying to do their own targets now, but you've done more than that. Like people are, I see those things everywhere now uh, on social media. And some of the drills are, like you said, they're standardized drills so that you can measure against other people, which I think is really smart. There's a, a large amount of tutorial instruction or, or, or stuff that you demo everything. Uh, and you can see that, but then there's also, the the challenge stuff that you're doing too, which is kind of where it started. I mean, that's kind of what made it popular in my mind. Uh, The challenge, you want to talk about that? Yeah. The the challenge blew up way, way bigger than I ever expected it to. So um, to go back, like when I first started, I was following these guys, primal response training group down in Escondido, California. Yeah. I love those dudes. They're super cool dudes. Very knowledgeable guys. It's uh, two guys, Wayne and uh, Jesse at Escondido PD. And they started their own training group and they had these targets that action target makes for them. And uh, I hit them up one day. I was like, I want to buy your targets. Like, these look awesome. Where do I get these? And they said, I'll go to Action Target, blah, blah, blah. I went on there, couldn't find them. So they just sent me a bunch. And I was like, dude, I'm like really appreciative of this. I want to thank you guys some way. So the MT drill where it's five on the left box, five on the right box, reload, two on the right, two on the left is their target. Like if you look at their target, it's laid out that way. Okay. So hold on time out. So for the people that don't know what your target looks like, just real quick, what you're describing is you've got two C zone or sorry, two, two A zone boxes next to one another. What's the distance between the two in the middle? It's like an inch. Okay. So they're right on top of one another. Just to be able to fit them. 
paper. Yeah. Right. And then above both of those, you have two credit card A zone, like yeah. ocular cavity boxes. What is it? Two the by USPSA head boxes, which is two inches by four inches, which are about an inch above inch above that. And above. then an inch above that is an, the exact same thing. It's right. the two A zone. So you see, so you got, yeah. So you've got everything on one target. So anyway, just so for people that don't know, you can find them obviously on Instagram. We'll, we'll put out that stuff later, but, but yeah, you can see, see this box. So that's what the target looks like. And so then, all right, then what, what happened after that? So I, I wanted to say like, I wanted to do a drill based off of their target as like a thank you to these guys. Um, so we ended up doing that. It was seven yards from the holster, five rounds in the left box, five rounds in the right box, reload, two in the head box to the right, two in the head box to the left. And it was just a little bit of everything. It's one of those drills where um, fundamentally everything needs to be solid. If you're not good with grip, if you're not good with throttle control, if you're not good with holster, if you're not good with reload, if there's something of um, of one of those factors that you're not good at, it's going to show in the drill. Oh, you're getting exposed yeah. right now. And it's the most frustrating thing ever. I'll tell you that, man. I, I don't know how many rounds I put on that and through that drill trying to get it right and been so close and recognized that it was just being off with the reload that much because sinking all of them inside, right. And, and making them those hits count is one thing, right. But uh, obviously all those other things that you just mentioned have to come together. And when you're finished at this thing and you've, you've come in under time <laughs> and you look and you got one yeah, out like, or you got one that's like on the line, you're like, damn it, we can't count that or, or whatever. And you know, exactly, exactly when and where that happened while you were going through that drill and not being able to go back and just change it like that. I mean, it takes a lot of repetitions. It's a fun drill. And you see people like it's fun because there's not many like rapid fire drills per se. Um, yeah. There's a lot of very like precise drills, which is awesome. Like I, I struggle in that because we do so much rapid fire that like the very fine tuned pinpointed drills, like the, um, the triple seven from tier one, yep. where it's like one inch circle at seven yards, two inch circle at seven yards, like that kind of shit. I'm like, dude, this is, this is hard. You know, so, you know here's the other thing I'll, I'll say before we kind of move on from the drill. And that is that um, one of the things that's unique about that drill, that challenge is that I see a lot of people posting their failures yes. and you do not see a lot of people posting failure of any kind in this, in this space. Now it's not to say it doesn't happen, but particularly in these coin challenges that you're doing, because there's a coin that people can earn if they pass the challenge, they have to they have to document it, right? They have to have a measuring tape on the ground. Like it got to that. And actually, I don't think that was you that was doing it. It was the rest of the people. It was the community that was policing that. Like, hey, man, like you got to have a tape out. We got to see that. But yeah. my point being is that a lot of people post their failures, like what I just mentioned, like how close they got without quite getting it, which I think is unique. What like, coin are you on? What number are you on right now? Uh, we just, it's either 49 or 50. That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's only in a, that's like in a year. Um, it's less than a year, man. I want to say it's been two years, but we have like three international coins. Oh, that's fantastic. Been, which has been awesome. So yeah, Switzerland, Canada, it really and been Germany. That long? It's really been that long. Davenport, we were doing it. Dude, you're right. <laughs> yeah, we were out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Davenport was only 2021. Yeah, but. That, that was last year. Ah, uh, <laughs> wow. It but, just, I, man, time, COVID messed I me mean, up. I mean, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a little bit of a time work. But anyway, I, I just know I because I've an, been missing that drill for a long time. I think that's an interesting <laughs> part. So the one, of the part, one of the other things about that is for people listening, if they really want to challenge, like it's one thing to come off the hip from outside the waistband, you know, off a belt. But coming from in, people are passing this thing from inside the waistband, so, which for me is very impressive. They were doing the 7-7-14, right, from the waist, or 7-7, right, yeah. from the waistband. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So the triple seven from tier one has to be from um, the inside the of the yeah. yeah. But Hunter Constantine, he still has the fastest MT coin time sub six seconds from AIWB. I'm not. That's I'm insane. not surprised yeah. that dude. Hunter is. He's, a, he's a freak. Monster. Yeah, he's a freak. Uh, yeah, so there's some great stuff happening with with uh, with what you're doing out there. Classes seem to always be full. There's always a few a week. I know you're taking a little bit of downtime next month uh, to get in some of your own training, do some traveling and stuff like that. I'll be there. I'll see you see you out there on the ranges and stuff. So you're always a guy that's pushing the envelope, encouraging other people to do the same, uh, taking courses from other instructors, which. Uh, as a coach that's been in a different industry for a very long time and has now spent a lot of time in this one, I don't think you could ever place enough value on that, going and constantly learning, humbling yourself, but also coming at it from the both the coach and the participants' uh, perspective um, and bringing back the best of what you've learned and practicing it yourself and then being able to implement it into your own fundamentals training and progressive training. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of people teaching the same stuff right because it's hard to to there's only so many ways you can say you know pull the trigger without moving the gun right right yeah so, i mean there's a lot of people teaching the same shit but it's the way that they're delivering the message right and just being able to hear the different ways that they're delivering the message the different drills that they have set up to kind of showcase whatever it is that they're trying to show it's um it's really cool and i just love shooting so i love the trigger time and it's much different going to a class as a student than putting a class on as an instructor sure. in regards to what i have to bring how much i get to shoot you know all that stuff No doubt Jeff and I can, you know, can relate to that from like the training perspective uh, of just being able to kind of sit back and be in your own world rather than having to worry about what everybody else is doing out there. And, and again, take assimilate, digest and assimilate the, the good, the little pieces and then be able to walk away and reflect with it uh, or reflect on it so that you can, you can make the most out of that to immediately impact the clients that you're in front of on a regular, on a regular basis. And that, that's always the goal. Like, how can I, provide more value based on, you know, from and the value that I just extracted from this situation. So, um, yeah, man. So it's like I said, it's good to finally have you in the studio to kind of talk through some of this stuff. Um, but one of the real reasons I wanted to bring you in today and have both you guys on, on the, on the show at the same time today was there's been some news. Obviously gun control is a very hot topic in our country right now. I think globally it's been, been a, been a hot topic. Uh, there's a, a lot riding on uh, public official elections and things like that with re- with regard to this particular topic. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think we need to beat up, you know, the importance of our two way rights here in the United States and uh, that they've been under fire. It's no doubt about that. But we live in California. No pun intended. We, we, we live in California. Right. And things are a bit different here. We're and sorry. We hear a lot about that from a lot of people from the outside looking in and people on the inside looking in and. Uh, I think a lot of people just kind of bury their head in the sand with a lot of what is happening, just kind of ignoring it because they're just they're stretched. They're like beyond my, they're just beyond frustrated or beyond their bandwidth. And they're like, uh, just I can't pay attention to this anymore. Um, and I think that's bad for our community. Those that are within it that are burying their head in the sand. I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm not even saying that's a lot of people, I guess. What I'm saying is, is people are doing that. And I think the thing that we need to do now more than ever is educate ourselves and make sure that we have uh, that we can come together and have some conversations about a lot of the things that are happening. And there's a lot, man, there's a lot. I mean, at a federal level at, at the state, local, and even regional levels, as we look at kind of what's happening here, and we'll talk about the ninth district, uh, and some of the things that are getting handed down, but yesterday, and I, people have heard about this because it came up and we'll talk about how it came up 
or where it came up, where they probably heard about it at the beginning of the year, this year, our mayor, Sam Licardo got together with city council and they passed a, uh, basically an ordinance or an insurance mandate and a gun tax. Uh, and effectively, and we'll talk about some of the details of this, basically what it said was, uh, or what this thing is, is every gun owner, every registered gun owner in the city of San Jose will be required to carry an insurance policy that covers certain things like theft, like in wrongful death, uh, as it relates to having a firearm. So if your if your firearm was stolen, it was used in a in a crime, or if you you know had to uh, use your 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 firearm, or whatever, you would be covered. This is different than uh, having like um, uh, having an insurance policy through like UCCA, right? Um, and so we'll, we'll come back to that. There's another piece of this, and that this was going to be basically controlled and managed and enforced uh, by somebody out different than the city. It would be go, go through a nonprofit organization that the gun owners would also be mandated to provide a donation to. And the number that's been thrown around is $25. Like you'll have to put a $25 donation in order to fund this nonprofit. And that's a recent change that. Yeah. So a couple things to note here. That was passed by the city, and then immediately upon passing by the city, there were multiple lawsuits. I think there were 17 the day that it passed that were filed against the city and the city council about this policy as an infringement of Second Amendment rights. And, if, and effectively, this being looked at as a poll tax, uh, which is constitutionally, it's against our constitutional rights. You cannot, you cannot tax somebody or make somebody pay a fee to exercise their constitutional right and constitutional right being uh, obviously your second amendment right to bear arms uh, to keep and bear arms. The whole $25 uh, donation fee to X foundation uh, is very, very questionable as well. And mm-hmm. we, we can talk about that, but just yesterday after all of this kind of was passed and there was a lot of um, there's been some lawsuits that have been kind of going going through the courts city council here in San Jose voted to approve the fine, uh, the progressive fine or punishment system for not uh, following the mandate. Right. We don't have a, we don't have anybody regulating this yet. That's none of this exists, but they passed a progressive fine system, which would basically be your first violation be 250 bucks. Your second violation be 500 bucks. And you you know, you could be charged up to a thousand dollars in fines if you did not, follow this, these, these, this mandate of these policies. Now there's a lot that I think we need to talk about here, but that was the effectively where this whole thing started. Uh, and immediately it got a lot of attention. And the thing that really bothered me the most about it was right off the bat, you're looking at this going, this is unconstitutional. You cannot do that. So there's been some developments and we'll talk about that, uh, about whether it is or isn't constitutional mm-hmm. as the court is seeing it now. Uh, but, the other thing was like, how the hell are they going to enforce this? Right. Where's who is going to do this? Like, and how is it going to be done? Because not every, how is the city going to know who all the registered gun owners are and how are they going to get that information and how are they going to protect that information? And by the way, it's not the city that's going to be doing it. Yeah, It's going to be a third party. What's the accountability going to look like there? Like what, what are we looking at uh, with regard to how are we protecting our citizens? 
I mean, there's so many, there were so many questions about this, but the thing that pissed me off and is, as these things usually come up is it came after a recent tragedy. And I think it's important we talk about that because every time one, something happens where there's some type of violent act that's being committed and the, by a person and that person happens to be using a firearm, then as the old saying goes, no politician ever lets a good crisis go to waste. And they immediately moved to set up some type of legislation or try to use emotions to push their agenda is what they do. Precisely. And what we had here was uh, earlier in the year, it was first part of the year, right before this thing happened, uh, there was a active shooter who walked into our Valley Transit Authority, uh, which is basically like our runs our city bus and we have a light rail system here. And he shot up the place and he killed some people. Um, by the way, every one of the firearms he had were legally owned and uh, were legal in the state of California in terms of not being on. They were on roster and they we had all the all the stuff. Oh, wow. So there, there wasn't an issue there. But this immediately followed that when things were hot and emotional. And this is where this thing went. And that's generally how it goes. Now, I think going back to agendas, the other thing that pissed me off was any, again, not letting a good crisis go to waste. This was the, the current mayor is in his final term, the final year of a, thank he, God yeah, he's, he's about out and he's been a lame duck for quite some time. And there's a <laughs> lot that goes into that. Quack. He doesn't, he doesn't really control anything. It's the city council here in the city of San Jose that really makes the decisions. They really are the boss, right? So this Publicity stunt, for lack of a better term, got him a meeting with the president of the United States where he was able to sit down and have this conversation. And that's how a lot of people ended up hearing about this, because it was suggested at one point that that this same type of legislation may be brought to the floor at the highest level in Congress um, to oh, potentially yeah. be passed. This, if this passes at a at a local level, it's definitely going to be one thousand percent. That's why I'm laying the groundwork Especially here so that people understand where we're going with this. Uh, if they hadn't heard about it yet, so I'm like, well, this is bullshit. So this gets him in the office, right? Gets him a bunch of attention. At the very same time, he's hiring a very expensive PR firm uh, to start to go out. That is our again the the mayor. I'm not going to use his name again. Uh, goes out and hires a very expensive PR firm to then start getting articles written and printed in the major public publications like wall street journal, like the New York times, because he has plans to run for Congress, which again, brings a whole other set of, of issues I think into play here. Uh, Now, since all of this got passed or since all this past city council, it's been nothing but court, hearing after court hearing after court hearing, and it's currently sitting still in the courts. Um, And we'll get to that. But yesterday, again, city council just passed or approved the fine system that was originally talked about. And so a small article popped up and it hit the airwaves and it's going to start getting more playtime over the next probably 24 to 72 hours. By the time this episode drops, it'll be a couple of days old. uh, So it still will be relevant and it will be continue to be relevant, particularly to your point, Kyle if this thing ends up making it through the court and gets passed to where it is actually being implemented. And that's where I want to stop after we've kind of given people the the background information on it and pick up with um, some of the other details. Um, Kyle, when this thing first happened, I, did you not, were, were you not interviewed? I think you got interviewed. Did you not? I wasn't interviewed for this. I was interviewed for the VTA shooting. 
Right. What was that about? It was about CCWs in Santa Clara County. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about this and the history that the county and the city has with regard to gun control and what they're doing, what they haven't been doing and doing uh, that effectively is a violation of, of the citizens second amendment rights. Anyway, can you go back to that? Can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, the behind the scenes stuff is the, you know, Sheriff Lori Smith. She has a little, uh, pay to play scheme going on. And, uh, she's for some reason, everyone, but her right now is, is kind of falling all the, all of her higher level dudes are falling by the wayside. And I'm pretty sure she's next, but, um, she's definitely going to get, uh, some problems coming to her legally. Yeah. So she's been indicted on seven counts from what I remember, I think. And some of those were like wacky, like you took, it was dumb stuff. Yeah. It's like, like you took a don't like a, you sat in a Apple box, gave iPads, uh, sharks, whatever gave, gave her a box seat or something and, for a game for like 500 bucks. And exactly. she didn't report it, but it's like anything else. Like if you get hemmed up by HR or if you go through like in the police department, if you go through like an internal investigation, they're going to look at everything. Was there ever a time when this person came in two minutes late or was this ever a time this person came in like, and you know, I, I don't know, whatever there was any little thing that, that happened is going to get listed on this thing. They're just going to stack the deck. The major thing was the pay to play thing. Uh, and the pay to play was this citizens in the, in the County of Santa Clara were applying to have their CCW. Right. And nobody is getting that. Nobody was getting that. The people that were getting it were the people that were paying to play. That is those that were agreeing to contribute to Laurie Smith's uh, basically her, her campaign funding. And this came to light This the whole thing kind of got put on front street when there was a bunch of stuff happening in the local County jail. And there were, there was an inmate that died and she was not playing ball with the investigative, the, the third party investigation that was going on in there. And it looked as if there was, and I don't know the result of this, but it looked as if there was some neglect going on. uh, And somebody died in the, in the prison, an inmate died in the prison because they were roughed up and, investigation wasn't handled properly. They weren't cared for properly. And then it started to kind of snowball and this other stuff got uncovered. Well, one of the major, there's a major, uh, uh, executive protection firm, uh, sort of security firm here in the Silicon Valley. That was, and I'm going to, I will start dropping some names here. Um, I believe it was called AS solutions. I could be wrong about that. Um, doesn't matter. Is that, that's who it was. That's who I used to work for. Okay. So they were, contracted with a major Silicon Valley, uh, let's just say like icon and it's called, it was called Facebook and it's now called meta and, uh, that being run by Mark Zuckerberg. And so the head of security there had basically been told he'll get up to about 15, um, concealed carry permits for his people if they donate a certain amount of money. Because at the time, again, the sheriff's office was locking down the CCW, uh, you know, permit permit program. There were only two people like that were under Smith that were that were running this program. And they've since gotten their asses handed to them. Uh, I think they've both been there may be an ongoing one, but somebody just got convicted. It just seems like everyone but her is getting convicted That's of the, stuff. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying. So this thing got uncovered. He was interviewed in court. Um, and basically said, this is what was happening going back to the pay to play. So if you, if you gave money, right, you, you could get some permits and he particularly was going to be waived from doing 
the the CEO was going to be away from having to actually go through the qual process. He was going to be exempt. So it's just all kinds of shitty shit, right? <laughs> For lack of a better term, going on locally. And now we have then then this other thing came up that came up prior to this uh, this tax and 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 uh, uh, insurance mandate. So I, we need to bring that up because that's just kind of like the culture here. And meanwhile, uh, what we have is a, a mayor who's on his way out, and we have a city council who runs the show. We do have one city council member that voted against this thing. Um, and it wasn't really about, and, and, and I'll, I'll name her Dev Davis, who's actually our district, our business district here, where our business is. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not down with this for a couple of reasons. Um, and it was the same reasons that the, that the judge that's now currently sitting on the case um, uh, hasn't made a decision yet on, or uh, that hasn't decided on the case yet, hasn't done so because of the similar reasons. We'll come back to those. Uh, but basically everybody else is on board. Um, they're like, no, like we're doing this. But there's been a lot of other stuff that the city has done to make it to give the illusion that the things that they're doing are there to uh, decrease gun violence in the city of San Jose. Hilarious. Uh, And there's no there's absolutely zero. What's the word I'm looking for? Evidence, I guess, that suggests that any of this is going to do any of what, what, what we've already talked about is going to change any of that. Um, we, all we hear about is ghost guns and there's been some other stuff that they've done. How about this putting cameras in the local firearms businesses to film, uh, the transactions that are happening. Have you guys heard about this? What can you tell me? What do you know from the firearms guys that you or firearms uh, businesses that, you know, so if you buy a, uh, a gun now from a gun shop in San Jose, they have an additional form. You know, you fill out all your normal crap when you buy a gun, but then there's another form on top of that that you um, fill out. And it's basically just like, this gun is yours. Yes. Like you're basically just signing the most like no shit the whole time. It's just like five or six things. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. And it, it doesn't make any sense. It's just one of those things that makes them feel like they can sleep better at night knowing that they implemented this, but no one's going to look at that piece of paper and be like, Oh shit. Never mind. I can't buy this gun. It's just it's just the it. I, I don't remember the exact five, five, five or six questions. questions on it, but it's just it's five or six questions that'll just make you be like, who sat down and was like, yeah, these are the questions. Yeah, yeah, make that go out. So the 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 the, the, the policy was put there to quote unquote prevent straw purchases. That being somebody, so like Jeff could go into the store and Turning legally illegal. buy a gun, and then turn around and give it to me. Or sell it, or or sell it to me. However, that transaction worked. like, that, and that's what it's there there to do. The only way to enforce that would be through going door to door. Well, not even that, but like you have to prove intent. That's like the number one thing. If if you went into a store to steal shit, and like uh, a cop comes on scene and has to prove that you had the intent to go into that store and steal shit, every single crime there has to be like some level of intent to show that you meant to do that, or else it was an accident. I didn't mean to sideswipe that car. I just, I was on my phone, right? Or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't mean to vandalize the property. It was an accident, right? And it's the same concept. I didn't mean to steal something. It's like, well, obviously you had intent to steal that shit, right? So how do you prove that I intended to purchase this to then turn around and sell it? Even if you did? I mean, how? But even well, if you did, why is that a problem? I, I, I don't know, especially if the person that you're selling it to is legally able to own it. That's my point. 
like it, it doesn't, it, I just feel like their efforts for this stuff is always uh, directed in the wrong area. Yeah. So they, they want to stop criminals with guns, but what they're doing is down regulating the access to the general population has nothing to do with criminals and, and they still get their guns regardless. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not changing any, the world with this stuff. No. I mean, nothing, nothing. There's absolutely all the evidence in the world shows contrary that all the gun laws passed, all the gun control they're trying to trying to uh, trying to put out there doesn't actually change anything. Uh, it's only it only continues to do what it's going to do. Um, but they they had passed a law that said they were going to put cameras in every store to be able to film every purchase wow. of every firearm. Uh <laughs> The other part about this is, is that the paperwork that you fill out when you go in to buy a, buy a firearm in California is ATF paperwork, federal so, paperwork, federal paperwork. Everyone fills it out. Everybody has to fill it out and there's a waiting period and there's a background check and that's just how it works in California. Everybody that's bought purchased a firearm here knows that, right? So you go in and you, and you provide this paper or you provide all this personal information, right? Which has your address, your birth date, social security number. Everything about you, the gun that you're purchasing, the farm that you're purchasing, the registration number that's on that firearm, everything you could possibly want or need. If you were looking to find out about somebody's identity is listed on this piece of paper and it's up to and under the control of the the store or the the excuse me, the yeah, the retailer that's selling you this gun. Right. Nobody has any rights to any of that information less the federal government, right? So if we're putting cameras in stores, right, and we're filming all the things that they're doing, the guns that they're buying, everything else, there's security issues with that. Right? I f- first off, I think it's a violation of our rights, period, in a story. Like, what other store does that? What what other, what other, what other uh, type of business is required by the state to have cameras in, in their store? Required by the city? Sorry, required by the city to have cameras in their store in order to film transactions. Marijuana? I have no idea. I'm asking you. I have no idea. I don't know. I know that one's really highly regulated here, very highly regulated here. It's very high. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same. They have a lot of the same bullshit that, you know, gun shops and whatnot got to deal with. But the paperwork behind it is what's wildly different. Like um, just the tracking of all the information, the, the shit you have to fill out, the fucking x y's and z's there's there's just a lot of stuff behind the scenes that that um and then like for an example let's say you go to bullseye you buy a gun um forever uh the owner of bullseye has to uh, evan has to keep that paperwork has yeah. to keep that documentation somewhere yeah. somewhere like for the rest of his life yep like that's wild i like can you imagine like uh, no I, I mean i know another firearms dealer that's local here that had to rent another space in order to keep because they've been in business for so long to keep this is just file cabinets full of full of people's personal information on site mm-hmm. because of of the ridiculousness of this. While, by the way, it's also stored electronically because anything you fill out on paper just gets and ends up being transcribed into an electronic form, which then is what ATF has access to. Mm-hmm. Right. But now there's this hard copy that's floating around. It's the same reason we sort of got away from doing like hard copy uh uh, credit card receipts. Remember, you used to put your credit card on a little thing. They would they would carbon copy it or whatever because it, that, that had everybody's information on it. All you yep. had to do is you could easily duplicate that information and use it. So, and by the way, like, what's the point? Like, why aren't we just filling this out on a computer computer, anyways? So, anyhow, a lot of stuff. 
like that the city is, is continuing to try to do and our local government's trying to do, none of which is cha- is changing anything with regard to the issues that we've had with regard to violence in our streets hasn't hasn't done anything in terms of drug control, homeless control, uh, the overpopulation in certain certain areas. Like it's done nothing. Like it, we just continue to get worse, and, and things haven't changed. I mean, San Jose is a city of one point one million, and there's thirty to forty homicides a year. And how many of those do we hear about in the news? Maybe ten. Yeah, but like they're, I, mean, I don't know, like. 30 to 40 homicides a year. It's not even firearm related. It's just homicides. Yep. Right. And it's like 30 to 40 in a city that has 1.1 million. I mean, those are pretty good odds. Those are pretty good odds. Those are pretty good likelihood I'm not going to get murdered in San Jose. And aren't those a lot of those gang violence? I, I couldn't speak on it. I have no clue. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. It, it just seems a little ridiculous, I think, to the logical person. But I, I do read comments and I have kind of followed the story a bit and listening to other citizens and some of the things that I hear them saying. So again, this is going back to the tax. Why, why the tax, why the, why the need for the insurance policies? Um, and so this is the claim. The claim is, is those, those, the, the, the dollars of the revenue generated by these things are going to then be used to pay for the costs that it costs, that it costs the city, medical costs, right, or and uh, legal costs in order to fight these things. Yeah, and and the estimated. Guess what? The I don't know if you guys might be aware. Kyle might be more aware. Do you know what the estimated revenue annual revenue is from this? This is what they're estimating. Well, the annual re- well, there's a, approximately fifty thousand households that have guns in San allegedly. Jose, yeah, right. So somewhere in that realm. So, I mean, even if you said 50,000 times 25, one point something million. 1.8, which isn't that much. It's not that much. It's not that much money. So it's only a $25 fee, right? So it's like, yeah, it's not that much money, but it's also like, what is it that they even need to do like on their side of this whole thing? Like, what are they, I mean, if if they did this whole thing with 1.8 million, then that's going to be the most efficient 1.8 million that San Jose has ever collected. Right. It's going to be because it's, they just taxed law abiding citizens that just gave them the $25 or whatever. And again, the $25 just keeps coming up. That was simply brought up in a, in a press conference. This has not been decided. I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be $25. This this is what was just, this is what was said. And they keep hanging, they keep hanging on that number. That's That's going to come up in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit when we get to kind of where the case is as of now, really since as of last summer, but let's talk about why this is, this is, is ridiculous, right. And why this isn't going to go anywhere. And even if it does, and even if it is passed, it isn't going to work. So the first thing is, is the enforcement of this is nearly freaking impossible when you start to break it down. I mean, it, it doesn't require gun owners to certify that they've obtained any coverage, you know, on, or paid any kind of annual fee. I mean, you don't know that I didn't pay for my car insurance until you pull me over and ask for my car insurance. And I tell you, I haven't paid for it. Precisely. So aside from going door to door, how are you going to know? That's a major problem. So again, to, to, to the public out there, like how, how would you enforce some, something like this? This is absolutely ridiculous. The second thing is, is more importantly, and I think this is the biggest one that nobody, nobody understands, is that these insurance policies don't even exist. 
if I actually was like, you know what, I want to be a uh, contributing member of society. I want to pay my $25. I want to help. And I wanted to go find a insurance policy. It, there's not one out there that currently exists. No. Like, so well, your homeowners, your homeowners policy, if you had a homeowners will, will cover theft, yep. right. Of the person that's insured and living there. But this doesn't, what about all the households in San Jose now that are living multiple people per household because that's what they have to do in order to survive here given the costs that have multiple people in there that are aren't following laws that have firearms that could 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 be stolen this is ridiculous it it, i don't know it's not like i buy the insurance and if i drop my gun and i get a scratch on it it will buy me a new gun (laughs) like uh you know you drop your bike drop your motorcycle right you crash your motorcycle you have motorcycle insurance they get you a new motorcycle, right? It's not like that. It's more of a, you're paying $25 and it's going into some quote unquote research that I don't even fully understand what it is that they're trying to That's research. a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. But these like, go back to liability policy. So even if you have a homeowner's homeowner's coverage, like in, in, in it may, it may cover some of that stuff. It's not going to cover your liability. If you shoot somebody that comes into your house, it doesn't, those policies, they don't have that kind of coverage. So those don't even exist yet. I think the other thing is, is like the coverage, even the coverage that, that may exist is, would still be like insignificant, would make an insignificant impact because it's not because of the, the wrong, the wrong, first off, wrongful death, as you mentioned already with regard to firearms is very limited. I mean, 30 to 40 homicides a year in a 1.1 million population is pretty low. And I don't even know the stats of which of those 30 to 40 are firearm related. Right. And the ones that are, are criminal. It's usually criminal on criminal activity or, or criminal activity from the get go. Yeah, it's not self. So, I mean, criminals don't follow laws. We already, we already know this. So they don't, they don't, they don't cover harm inflicted by me on somebody that if, again, it, any of these these policies that would come out, they're not going to cover me if I shoot somebody. And that's what like, you. Well, that's that's like USCCA. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole like, different thing. That's like self defense insurance, not like liability. I you know I I was dry firing and I sent a round through my garage <laughs> and hit someone else in their face while they were in their house across the street and like that whole thing. It's like I got into a justifiable shooting. I need lawyers. Like those those exist, but that's not what this is trying to do. No, this is trying to make it so that, yeah, I mean, just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around what they're, what they're going to do with this money and what it, what it's going to potentially save. Well, that's, it's likely not going to do what they're saying. It's going to oh, do for 1000%. I we can agree on that. Um, the, the, I mean, even the city's reported this, that, uh, the, that San Jose averages only two unintentional slash undetermined gun deaths a year. You say two, two. Amounting to only 3.4% of all annual gun deaths. All. 3.4. All annual gun deaths. Yeah, I mean. So what's, where's that money going? Would be the question. They're researching those 3.4%. <laughs> I mean, if you if you break down the, the national, right? So it's, it's somewhere around 30,000 deaths. 18 of those is supposedly suicide. So then you have 12,000 left. 1,000 of the 12,000 is law enforcement. Um shootings and then now you have let's say 10 or 11,000 you have 10 10 to 11,000 they could either be um self or not self-defense it's it's homicide murders but Mm -hmm. like or no it's not south side chicago so we figured it out the yeah the the 10 to 12 or sorry the 10 to 11 is like 
both self-defense, like justifiable shootings and like actual murders. Yep. It's wow. like, dude, for a country of what, 400 million or whatever the fuck we're at now. And like, gun-toting people as we are, you think it'd be a lot higher or they, they try to make it sound like that. Oh, right? that's the thing. It's, yeah. I mean, they're making it sound like it's a big, it's a, it's a bigger problem than it is. I think that's another thing. I mean, and that said, it doesn't really reduce like any taxpayer burden. It only increases the law-abiding gun owning taxpayer burden for whatever they say, say it is by the way. And I'll just say this with all the issues that we have, like gun they're, again, they're trying to make guns. The issue they're trying to make law abiding gun owners, yes. the problem, yes. right? When it isn't, well, no, it's because they're stealing these guns and they're using them in crime. No, then stop making well, all we ever hear about. And particularly in the, in the local news is the ghost guns. Like, Oh, we had it. We, we got another ghost gun off the street. Well, that's not, your law-abiding gun owner's gun that got stolen from oh. their property. So, but yet we're still talking about that. It's it's a money grab and it, and, and go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Scott, if you wanted something off the street and you really were, you know, hard pressed on, let's say gun violence, would it be a misdemeanor or a felony to carry a gun if you weren't a felon and you got caught with an unregistered weapon? That's going to be, a, it's going to be a misdemeanor right yeah. here. But yeah. if you wanted to stop gun violence, don't you think it would be a felony? So when you're mm. looking at the laws, Good point. Right. I have a, I have a concealed knife. That's a felony, but yet I'm not a felon and I get caught with a gun. That's not registered to myself. It's a misdemeanor. Uh, no, that's not registered. You, you did. That's not how you asked the question. You asked if I had a gun, not an unregistered gun, a gun that's in your name that you're CCWing illegally is a misdemeanor. Oh, okay. Yeah. A, I thought that's the question yeah. you were asking. He was saying me. unregistered. Yeah. Yeah. But unregistered, that's a felony. That's a felony. Okay. Yeah. But we're not putting people away for that. We're giving no. them a ticket and we're letting them back out on the street. Yeah. It depends. Some agencies get harder than others when it comes to guns like that. But are we doing that here in San Jose that way? San Jose is very hard about guns. How hard? Hard enough to give you alcohol if you get a gun off the street. <laughs> <laughs> How? Okay. So hard, hard enough that if you, if you get a gun off the street, the... Like the captain, the ship sergeant or captain comes down and gives you a, a bottle, gives you a bottle. Oh, wow. Like they give a, they it's really big. care about getting guns off the street here. I mean, that uh, okay. So then why aren't we just doing more of that? Because we're waiting for the court process to allow the $25 annual fee for us to research <laughs> further how well this is going to be implemented into our society. It's about the research, Scott. It's good I, stuff. I didn't know that. That's good stuff to know. I did not know that. I think here's an, here's another thing. Like again, there's no doubt. Like California has some of the most stringent gun laws in the entire United States. It could be argued that they're the most. I mean, there's some crazy stuff going on in New York right now and a few other places. But it, New York and New Jersey are pretty bad. Yeah, New York and New Jersey are, are. Yeah, New York in particular. I don't know a lot about New Jersey, but New York particularly, it's nuts. You can't even have one, right? Like you're not allowed to have one. You have to city get a limits. permit to buy one. Exactly. Oh well. Right. And who knows what that permit process is like. If it's anything like Santa Clara County, it's like impossible, I'm sure. I don't know. Again, I don't know. But yet, the more gun laws we pass and the the stricter these things are, it doesn't seem to change anything. Yet we're continuing to throw... I, I, I don't know, man. I, we, we continue to make these laws. We continue to talk about these things. We continue to posture. We continue to run these publicity stunts so that we can get in front of the president so that we can do get on TV and run for Congress and whatever, as if they're making a difference. Well, the problem is that there is a, there's a direct correlation between the affluency of a society or of an area and how many XYZ related crimes there are. So mm-hmm. for an example, 
Los Gatos does not have the same crimes as Oakland. Very much more affluent community. Yeah, it's much more affluent. They have money, yep. right? So in most basic terms, um, there's not people dealing with the same stuff that they have going on over there. So it, what they're doing is they're saying, "Hey, look at look at Silicon Valley, which has all this money. Look how good we're doing over here." And it's like, "Yeah, no, no shit." Like you start taking the same concepts that you're applying. Now you're looking at Detroit, Chicago. It's literally what we're doing here in a less affluent area. And they're like, that's what it would look like if we didn't have as much money here. It would look like that. Mm. So it's like, mm, why don't we stop fucking doing these things? Well, I think that's the other thing is like, there's other probably legitimate solutions that people are not, they, they don't want to hear about. The legitimate solution is a, a good dude who trains with a gun. Who's dealing with some fucking asshole who wants to fucking rob them, hurt them, do whatever. I don't disagree with you, but should everybody be walking around with, with those, with that, with, with the gun in their, their, if their you want to, if you want to go, so for an example, I got a really good buddy down South, um, South, like California, South? Southern California. Yeah, gotcha. And he does CCWs for Riverside, Orange County, all these counties down there. And he tells me, he was like 90 plus percent of these dudes. I see them for the, the CCW call. I'll never see them again. Or I only see them when they renew their CCW, but I'm not seeing them coming out to additional training. I personally think if you want to be liable for the five, 10 rounds you dump in any kind of scenario that you want to conjure up in your mind and you like, don't get all five or 10 of those rounds where you want them to go. There's probably someone that you're not paying attention about was going to get hurt by one of those straight rounds. I agree with you 100%. And if 1, you want you want that family to take your boat and your car and your motorcycle and all your toys, then that's your decision. But if you train to make sure that those five or ten rounds are as close to where you want them to go as possible, that's your choice. I don't think that it should be mandated that people need to, um, like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, everyone has to pass the MT Cole Center to CCW. Like, that's not something that you're going to be able to and it because 99% of these people aren't going to do it. And I would rather have someone who has some familiar with firearms out there than just a society with just none. I, I agree with you hundred percent. What do you say about this? So what about, what about other States that have like constitutional carry where people don't train and then they don't have to have a permit yet their gun violence levels are much lower than they are here in California. You mean like the Dickens drill? I mean, exactly like the Dickens drill. Well, you, I mean, you want to weigh in on this? I mean, like I said, I would rather have some dude who grew up shooting and he's like, cool, I can carry now. He carries and he gets into a shooting and he saves them all. Yeah, I think like the way I look at it is, is like if I'm if I'm a shooter, right, if I'm an active shooter, if I'm some shitbag, whether I'm mentally, you know, not stable or not, doesn't matter. It's fucking evil. Right. So I walk into where do I go? I go to shopping malls. I go to schools. I go to churches. Right, where per- people are likely not prepared. They're not going to the police station to fight back. Right, they're they're likely they're likely not going to fight back. And while this doesn't ring true in all situations, I mean, again, they go to where whether it's a constitutional carry, you know, state or not, they go to where they're going to have the most success or figure they're going to have the most success. Yeah, elementary schools and constitutional carry states. Like, right, they're so they're getting they're getting nailed. But what about all the other places we see these types of things happening in 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 the places like California, but they're not happening in other places. And here's my take. And here's an example. Like you're not going to like, like grocery stores in general, those are targets in places where there are heavy gun laws. It's gun free zones, right? No bread is allowed. Yeah. No bread is allowed. <laughs> exactly. If you know, you know, but if you go, 
Like if I walk into a, let's just say I'm going to, I'll use Arizona as an example. I'm, I'm in Northern, I'm not in Scottsdale. I'm not in Phoenix. I'm just in like some little Northern Arizona town. And I walked into a, walked into a store. I could probably be pretty confident that a large number, a large, fairly large number of people that are in there are carrying a gun. Yeah. And do you care when's the last time they shot it? No, you don't care. I don't, don't give care. a shit. You don't even care what gun. They what have. I care about is, is like if somebody walked in today wanting to inflict evil on everybody there with a, with an AR 15 rifle or whatever, whatever it is that they walk in the door that somebody in there would at least my odds are much better at living and not being in a situation. Even if I don't want to carry a gun or if I hate guns, if there's four or five other people in there that do have one and it can at least at least show some resistance to, to what was going on. Attempt. Attempt. You're going to fall five people get clapped. It's like, at least they get five people who tried, right? You weren't just like, well, fuck me. Right. Yeah. So going back like to the, like these legitimate solutions, I, I think that's one, get more people trained, get more people carrying. That could be a, a very good solution. I don't disagree with that at all. I think you guys know where I, where yeah. I sit, what, what side of the fence I sit on there. And I think more people need more training. It, yeah, it's the and, people that buy the and gun that could be put provided. it in the safe and never shoot it. That could be provided by the state. That could be provided by the city. It could be it could be provided, or it could at least be encouraged, which it is which it is not. Just like exercise. But I feel like all the the legit CCW instructors that I know say, "Hey, cool, you you know you're certified, but you should probably continue training." All the legit ones that I know, so but, it, it's but encouraged, the, just not at a regulatory level. Okay, so you got your instructor who said that, who who's probably really believes what he's saying, right? But it's got to come from a higher level, right? It has it's, to come from a higher level for people to do it, but to at least encourage it, it could come from. For an example, I come and work out with you twice a week, mm-hmm. right? You're like, hey, I encourage you stop eating shit. Right. I'm like, hmm, I'll take that into consideration, and then that's up to me to whether one thousand percent I stop eating shit. Or if I'm like, but here's things I could be doing along the way. I go, well, I could be regularly on a monthly basis, having some type of support group or training group, you know, like, Hey, and I could be sending you an email or I could be sending you a DM or I could be having somebody call you and go like your, your trainer or whatever. And go, Hey Kyle, by the way, like we're having this little community group get together. We're doing a little education. We're gonna have some fun. It's a little bit, a little bit of community support. You're going to learn some new skills and we're going to have, we're going to have a good time together. And by the way, it's totally free. Doesn't cost you anything. Or maybe it does. Maybe there's some value attached to it. Uh, you know, I could be I could be doing that as a business owner. And if I was running my city like a business, I could be doing that as well to where now those instructors come out. They get to have more interaction with those students. They get to, again, then go back and tell those which those decision makers, those which have power. Like, here's what's going on. Here's what we're hearing from the community. Here's what they need more of. Here's how we might be able to service them and, and bring them up. I mean, the unfortunate part is obviously we're in an area that is not lacking money. Um, San Jose decides to spend millions of dollars on fucking art pieces that are blue rings and fucking. All Don't get me started. Man. San Jose millions. actually has the worst record of putting in a new program or a new policy and then never following up on it. Like go to any city park in San Jose right now. Like, why do I want needles or what am I? There that's for? exactly my point. <laughs> so even even if we weren't talking about the needles and the homelessness problem and the garbage and the trash. Right. That, that, that some of those people are bringing in. And I'm not saying, you know, homeless people are terrible. I'm just saying it comes with the fucking territory. Yeah, so all you people out there with your panties in a wad right now, I mean, those people. chill the fuck out because I live here. Right. And I see it every day. Right. 
But what I will say is they don't trim the trees. They don't mow the fucking lawn. They don't, right? they don't, fix, they don't fix the sprinklers. Right. Like they don't clean up. They don't clean up what's there. They don't take care of the tax dollar spending that's already been made that they promised that they use in their campaigns and whatever else. That's a problem. Uh, but I think some people would argue that that's just politicians as a whole. Well, I think that's the bigger problem. I mean, the reason this stuff isn't happening is because that's what it ends up being in the end. And, you know, and again, there's a lot of, well, that's not happening in my backyard, so I don't I don't need to care and I don't yeah, need to worry about it. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just get on a rant. I want to, you know, come, I wanted to, you know, come and kind of talk about this to inform people. That's, that's what we're seeing here from a, like on a, on a day-to-day basis. I, other things that could be happening, like there are plenty of, of people that are unlawfully like that have firearms that the, that the state knows about up to 23,000 actually that they could be going after. Oh, is, that they, a, is that an actual number? That's an actual number. And they, and they, they choose not to. Right. So, I mean, there's things that you could be doing. Um, and that's, that's in the state who knows what's happening here in, in, in the city. I, I don't know. And how they have that information. That's scary. It is a little scary that they know they know about it. By the way, all the going That's back to knowing Instagram, information, right? there's not one of these active shooters that have that have happened where people didn't have information, or that the, the yes. federal government and even some of the local governments didn't have information on they going back to the VTA shooting uh, that we we opened up with. I mean, that started with the the federal government was highly aware of this guy, uh, and he legally owned and he legally carried, and they knew he was already on record as ha- having all these things, and you know what happened happened, but. Um, so, I mean, I think that's another solution is like, Hey, why don't you go out the, after the people that are not supposed to have them first, mm-hmm. let's start putting people in jail, keeping them in jail and yeah. making it sting or hurt for the people that are caught with these things that shouldn't be having them. Uh, these are the, the unlawful citizens that are out there, people that are not following the law, going back to your point about felonies, misdemeanors, mm-hmm. things like that. Let's be harder, harder on crime. Well, I um, think some people in the gun industry would question whether or not these people should even be in trouble. So like for an example, is their crime that was committed because they have X, Y, and Z firearm, or is it because they used X, Y, and Z firearm on someone or in some kind of threatening way or in some kind of harmful way? Is it just because I put a stock on a pistol AR or is it because I actually took that SBR and tried to rob someone? So that's like the gun debate of, like, yeah, I get it. You're not supposed to put a stock on an SBR, but is he going to the range and hanging out with the boys or is he going around and kicking down doors and trying to rob people in the middle of the night? So then it it, it goes back to the, the legality side of things and, and the intent and all this crap. But it's it's basically we have like 50,000 penal codes in California. And it's like there's so many goddamn codes. Like if I asked you like all the traffic laws that you could think of right now, I want to say there's like over 40,000 vehicle codes and like running a red light. That's one speeding on a city street. That's two. And it's like, dude, how the fuck do you even come up with 40,000? And it's like these kind of laws that people are like, this is fucking dumb. Well, I think this, this is, this is a major point, Kyle. I couldn't agree with you more that people are confused. And I think that's why people are disenfranchised. That's why they don't have the bandwidth anymore. They're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like how the fuck am I supposed to keep up with all of this? You can't. And they know that. And so it's just one more thing that gets kind of passed down the, down the line. And I agree with you hundred percent, man, just because, just because somebody's got, you know, X stock on their, on their rifle SBR, whatever it happens to be called this week, uh, doesn't in my mind, make them a criminal yet. We've criminalized them for 
you know, having that or even suggesting that they've got it, uh, that, that uh, it's a massive problem. And I mean, if you talk to any law enforcement officers, like how many of them know what those, those laws are too? Like if you, if you were to get pulled over right now, right. As a citizen and you had something that may, they wouldn't know. They'd have to call in and ask. They would. And then they would call on their gun guy. Yeah. Their guy who who is a gun person who would be like, Oh, that is X, Y, and Z. Like the average officer does not know like certain laws in regards to lengths in regards to this is good. This isn't good and whatnot, but I don't know how they could like with all the other things that are going on out there. I think it's unfair to even expect them to know. I mean, there's enough, obviously I'm in the industry, but you can look at something and be like, that's good. No, I got you. But what I'm saying is, is like with all the other things out there and expecting them to know all the nuance that, I mean, we're talking about, this is going to change again, yet again, but they have guys like for an example in, San Jose, they have like a um, task force. They have task force. Like they have guys who are um, like their specialty is these tricked out uh, uh, like the, the race car stuff. The, the, when people like, Oh, like a stock car. Yeah. 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 When so people, you can, you can, when, like they open up the hood and they're like, Oh, this, 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 and this is a, you know, illegal, like ticket, ticket, ticket. ticket. And I'm, I'm over here like, what the, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, but like they would know like, Oh, you're not supposed to have these things under, you know, in your engine or in your exhaust or whatever it is. So, yeah. And it would be up to the owners, this owner's responsibility. It's like buyer beware. Right. So if you went out and you got this, like you're supposed to know what you have, you're fully responsible for it at the end of the day. I get that. Like, I, w- I want to be responsible. Like I want to know, but I also want to like, I don't want you to start confusing the lines here. Like, and let's not like some of the stuff again, let's go back to the, to the stocks, right. To the, to the braces. That's a federal thing. Like people, people who live in the ass fuck middle of nowhere, Montana don't even understand what it is that we're supposed to be doing here. I mean, let alone California is so behind the ball on what we can even own legally that like, Oh, you guys are debating about suppressors. We're like, I don't give a fuck. Can't even have one if I wanted one. Yeah, ask fuck Montana sounds interesting though. I'm gonna go check that place. I love, I love, I love Montana. For you people out there, you're like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I think uh, so. Not only is that so. Here's the bigger thing. This this thing that really fries me. So we've just kind of talked about like it, it's so. It seems so ambiguous, right? And it's so tough to follow and keep up with. Uh, I I am challenged by it. And at times, like, I just want to, like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. I'm just going to go and do what I need to do when I need to do it. Um, and hope that I'm still on the right side of the law if and when that time came up. But I'm also not worried about breaking the law. Like, I'm not walking around worrying about, like, what are all the things I'm doing wrong? I choose to go with all the things that I know I'm doing right in terms of being a safe citizen, right? Uh, constantly training, properly storing my firearms, uh, properly educating, you know, people on those firearms when I have the opportunity, when they're open to listening uh, and try to be an advocate, right? That's all I can do. I'm not choosing to sit on the other side, go, this thing is evil and look at all the bad things that it can do. And, or if I got pulled over right now, would I go to jail, right? That I can't, I can't, I can't think like that. Like it's be like going out and driving, like again, going back to the vehicle codes and uh, you know, traffic law, like at any point you could get pulled over for anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And you could probably, you know, with the right cop, right? You could go to jail for anything. They can find a reason, right? They'll find, they'll find a dozen dozen reasons to to write you up. Which I feel like this is what we're doing with with things now. But it, so this is where we're at currently with this case. So going back to this, like this very ambiguous, and at least this current just so Ninth Circuit, right? So we're talking about. I think this is defined as how are we defining this man? It's like Hawaii, Pacific Northwest, California. Oh. 
What is it? What is the region of the Ninth Circuit cover? I'll double check, but yeah, it's basically the the West Coast and Hawaii and Alaska, I think. So, so a lot of the argument that's been taken to the to the courts, like through Firearms Policy Commission or Coalition, sorry, is focused on this unset fee, right? That's like unidentified. That's supposed to be going to this nuts nonprofit again. Like this twenty five dollar fee is a, is in is in question, and they're saying this is a like a mandatory donation. Um, the judge. This lady's name is Freeman says, I can't really evaluate this until I understand who the nonprofit is and what it is they're exactly responsible for, which again, doesn't exist. Now, when this first thing came out, like, again, we're talking posturing here. So the mayor stood up in front of everybody and said, this is what we're doing. And I have city, you know, I have the backing from our city council here and we're going to change the world right on gun policies here on gun safety and, and, and gun violence here in, in, uh, in, in our city of San Jose Just stood up there with the lady, right. Who he said, this is who, this is who the, the head of this nonprofit should be. This is the person that we would put up there. There's a problem with this though, because the, What's what's this nonprofit can, cannot party. be formed by, yeah. run by, or anything dictated by the city. Yeah. So in the meantime, by the way, this lady is part of this as another uh, nonprofit uh, organization here in town. They do a bunch of stuff here with uh, family violence and uh, domestic violence here in town. Great lady, I think she's doing great stuff out there. But since then, she's taken another job. Like she's moved on. So that person is gone. So not only do we not have this nonprofit organization, we don't have any infrastructure set behind it. We certainly don't have anybody running it. So the judge, at least to her credit is going until we get this shit figured out. Like, I'm not going to approve that. Mm -hmm. Like I can't approve that. Right. But what she's, what she's also saying is while she's thinking about what she's going to do here, she's not sure how she's going to rule on it. She's sitting on it. She's also saying, Hey, well, listen, I am inclined, however, to go ahead and approve or not throw out this uh, insurance policy thing because the what she's saying, this is what she's postulating. She hasn't said she's not ruled on it yet, but she's saying that the Second Amendment doesn't say anything about municipalities effectively um, putting out these types of policies, like making you have to have insurance. Again, this would be policies that don't fucking exist. Right. That that don't cover the things that this whole ruse was uh, was there to, to to do in the first place. It doesn't cover the costs. It doesn't do anything like that. It doesn't stop gun violence. It doesn't do any of these things. So she's sitting she's sitting on that now while there's a couple of other lawsuits at play that are sitting on her desk. And she says, rather than rule on them one at a time, I'll likely rule on them all at the same time. So in the meantime, nothing is happening. But. Because San Jose came out, the city council came out yesterday and finally voted on this progressive uh, um, uh, penalty system. It's kind of all popped up again, but there's nothing for them to enforce. There's no penalties to be given. It's because perceived movement. It's all perceived movement. Again, this just goes back to, hey, we're just, we're posturing here. Did you, what was the stats that you came up with? Or the, sorry, the Ninth circuit? Ninth circuit. So Alaska, Arizona, California, Guam, uh, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, uh, Washington. So it's a pretty big region. So that's everything on the it's West Coast. more than Coast. I thought. Guam. I didn't, I didn't think. Yeah, Guam. Guam. So I, I, again, going back to your statement earlier, you know, for people out there that are going, yeah, California's just fucked and they, you know, everything's wrong from there. Just move out of there and whatever else. 
problem is that all the dumb shit that comes from California spreads. It's cancer. It spreads. It spreads to Washington with their magazine ban. It's going to spread to fucking Oregon and their bullshit. It's going to spread. Like uh, everyone's bitching about Californians moving to their state. Well, they're going to spread your bullshit. So you better help us stop it here or else it's coming. Yeah. Stop talking shit. It, it just stop being ignorant. Why would you move to a place that has better, obviously, advantages that you see from a place that you just came from that obviously you left? But yet you're going to vote and think in the same manner in a different area. Does that make like These people move for different reasons? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's an important point. Yeah, you're right, Kyle. I mean, they do move. For, I would definitely would not move to a state simply because of their gun laws. I, I, I am more intelligent and intellectual. Yeah. Uh, than that, I would like to think. You no, know, a lot of people might disagree. That's fine. Go ahead and disagree. But I'm not making those kind of decisions based on one thing. For sure, there's going to be a whole slew of things that I'm going to have to take into account before I make a decision. I don't think everybody's doing that, but I think that um, uprooting a family, uprooting a business, uprooting connections, family, friends, the way that you make money, your legacy, you everything. know, for, for with within your family and those things like that's that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So people that are saying that are, are being a little bit, uh, I think, <clears throat> narrow minded to say the least. Just move out of California. Man. Yeah, just move out. That's the answer. It's not the answer because as you just it's just going to follow us It's going to follow us. And even if I don't vote that way, all the other fucking California license plate cars behind me are going to vote that way. And clearly the courts are starting to see it that way. Uh, while there's a lot of stuff happening since the Bruin decision, uh, as of late, a lot of things are in question. Um, we don't have a good track record of beating this stuff, particularly here in the West coast. Like we're getting hammered. We're getting hammered out here. Uh, Austin looks like San Francisco right now. Austin, Texas. Well, there's that too. So, I mean, like even being down in Texas, if you're from any other place in Texas, you likely hate Austin. And I get that, but that's a good example that that's not going to stay in Austin, right? That's Uh good. That's and the policies there are not going to stay right, in moving Austin. to Houston. I mean, dude, the, moving around. the, the cities there, they're back, they're getting bad. So yeah, like, like you guys are saying needs to stop here. Yeah. So I, you know, in, in, in terms of getting out in front of this as a, as a gun owner, as a, um, as an advocate, I, I really don't know what else to do except for trying and make people aware of what's coming down the pipe and get them to think a little bit differently. Because at this point, like we have a new mayor, Merrill, uh, race happening right now voting isn't going to change this but like voting for a new mayor and getting a new mayor in is not going to change this policy it's already been decided the person that's running there's two people running one was on the city council and voted for this ordinance in the first place so that's not going to change is that the male or the female it's the female oh, yeah the male the male is not was not on the city council and that's the argument right like from the other side, like this person hasn't worked in the city, doesn't really understand the thing. He would have voted for it. What's that? He would have voted for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's kind of my point. Like if if it meant it would gain him votes, which it likely will in a place like this where we're in this little bubble within a bubble, he would have voted for it as well. So voting doesn't change this. It's it's going to have to be about pushing back and standing up and making an argument and, and being angry. And I'm not saying don't comply, but I'm also saying I'm not, I'm not saying comply. I'm saying we're all going to have to make some decisions here, but some of the things I mean, that could obviously I mean workarounds here is just go register with your friend's address in some other County or some other city right next door. Right? Campbell, Saratoga, Los Campbell. Canada, yeah. All those Cupertino. places like that's, this is, will not impact you there. That's well, granted. That is technically illegal. It is, but is it? Yes. How are they going to know? Whether or not they know 
does not make it legal or illegal. But if I get it, if I get mail there and I have a toothbrush over there, if I have a toothbrush in a house that I don't own, that I haven't paid rent on, um, and I've got, I've got a mattress there that I've been sleeping on, that is legally my, I can, I can stay there. The, 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 they can't kick me out here in the city. The, the six month eviction process. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I could just I could just move my toothbrush from one place to the next and re- and register my. So you can come to my house. Yeah, and you can't kick me out. I can't. Damn, you dude. can't kick me out. That's how it works here. Okay, California's not a fan. Though. I'll be I'll be at your house tonight, guy. I mean, I think this is uh, actually this is pretty common, man. I've had to I've I've had to go through the eviction process with people. It's fucking miserable. Yeah, uh, oh. I was lucky. I was in a in a city that was a little bit more pro homeowner than. Than squatter, but uh, every day on the news, there's more and more stuff, especially coming out of East Bay. That's like, oh, like it's pro uh, tenant. It's only going to get worse. I yeah. mean, people, you know, as the, the economy continues to do what it's doing, it's that's that's only going to get worse. But going back to the, you know, that is a workaround. You can move, you know, to a different city, or you can establish an address in a different city, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and work around it. I mean, there, there's going to be ways to work around this. But I think the bigger thing is, is, is anything you're hearing about this right now makes zero sense because there's no way for them to enforce it. There is no infrastructure there to facilitate this. And this was, again, going back to the city council member, uh, her arguments were that like, and by the way, the judge going back to the $25 fee was also saying, this looks like nonprofit in city council or, or sorry, city council and nonprofit clothing. Right. Or the government and nonprofit clothing. Yep. Right. That's what this looks like. And we've seen too much of that over time. And the fact that people can't see that. Right. Uh, whether you're whatever side you're on is maddening to me. I, I don't I don't I don't really get it. They were going to put that money in their pocket. Well, that's the like, where is it going? Yeah, because you can't enforce this stuff. So where is that money actually going to go uh, rather than tax every taxpayer to. Or, and, or let's just say reallocate funds where they should be going, which are let's deal with some mental health here. Let's deal with some of the homeless stuff here, which largely is due to mental health. Let's clean up our streets. Let's get harder on and tougher on crime. Let's get tougher on uh, drug and human trafficking here in this city. And let's see if that cleans up some of the some of the violence and some of the things that are happening out there. I mean, that seems like logical shit to me, but nobody's talking about it. People are talking about building more homeless shelters. Right. That's fine. But you're not addressing the problem. They're building homeless shelters in the police department parking lot right now. Talk about that. So San Jose PD, basically there's like this mini street on one side is the actual police department. On the other side is where all the officers park. And then they have the officers parking and then they have kind of like um, special unit dudes. And then on the next to that is where they have these new, I want to say they're blue, blue and white, um, I don't even know how to describe them. They just, they, they just seem like the, uh, like almost like portable buildings, but I know they're not, I know they're more permanent, yeah. um, housing for homeless people that San Jose is pushing. So they literally had to, uh, kind of reinforce the parking situation because, you know, those are officers cars, not because like, Oh, I'm afraid someone's going to, you know, scratch it, but like, you know, there might potentially be shit in there that they need to keep in there. So they had to reinforce all that stuff. And literally, on the backside of the special ops parking is almost like buildings that they're making housing for them <laughs> on city owned property. Well, that's the cheapest way to do it. Not have to buy more property. That's the answer. That's their answer. And, and what does this solve for? Warm place to sleep at night. I think the idea was when they got rid of the jungle, 
which was the largest. Talk about the jungle, man. Describe the jungle. Jungle. So I, I have only heard stories, but the stories that I've heard have been very interesting. The jungle is basically, it was the largest homeless encampment on the West coast. It, um, it basically, it basically just had all the goddamn homeless people in San Jose. Long story short, Someone who had power went for a walk past it and was like, we need to clean this shit up. So they kicked all the homeless people out of it. And then now the homeless people are more. Uh, so there was a huge migration. Yes. <laughs> Is that the, the PC? Homeless people are no longer in the creeks. They are now. They're not homeless, dude. They're unhoused. You yes. didn't know? You didn't know you can't use homeless anymore. Unhoused. That was. Uh, we heard that on the news like last night or the night before. The, police, like, the way I understand police department can't even call them dispatch and say homeless. It's got to be I have an unhoused individual down there. <laughs> It's, uh, it's okay. It's, sorry. It's so, so he walked past the unhoused, uh, place anyways, affectionately called the jungle, all these homeless people that we've never seen before. Now we see them and they're like, get them out of this Creek that no one even walks past anyways. So then they kick them out and now they're in society. They're on the fucking benches outside. They're at the parks that we were talking about, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's why I think in the last X amount of years, whenever that was, um, homeless people have become more, uh, apparent in our society. Because they, they the pushed city. them out of the Here creeks. Yeah. I also hear they're getting shipped down from San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco's sh- sending them down. That's why you see them at the Deerdon Stadium. Well, there's there's no doubt about it. I've been they're here. for the I, Arena Hotel for them to go and yes. house at. Yes. So, I mean, it's just we're in the thick of it. So, again, going back to this, the city putting in things into policy and into place and then not following up on it, you can understand why my uh, confidence level uh, is lacking. Uh, they have not fulfilled most of what they've said they were going to do with regard to the homeless issue that we have. Yes. They've, they've gotten a grant. It's almost $25 million from, Didn't the, know from the governor to turn the hotel into a, a homeless shelter. We should slash drug spot, the arena hotel. Yeah. So that's the point. Yeah. Like, well, but, but because they have that money to do that, nobody wants that thing because it's a cesspool. Right, the human trafficking, drug trafficking, and yeah. uh, prostitution that goes go, goes on in that place is nuts. Yet yeah. the answer is, is well, let's let's put the homeless people in there because when we run out of room in the police department parking lot, we're going to need some place to put them, and that's going to solve the problem. It's going to solve the drug problem. It's going to solve the crime problem. It's going to solve it's going to solve for all these other things that we know it clearly won't. But here's the thing that's also going to happen, just like the city parks and all the other city run places in in this city that they promise they're going to be great and they do ribbon cuttings and everybody shows up for and it's all over the news and they spend millions and millions of taxpayer dollars on guess what they're not going to manage they're not going to manage that either and it's it's going to be bad it's going to be bad they're already not doing that in the section 8 housing that exists in the in the local neighborhoods anyway it's overrun there's trash everywhere there's people everywhere there's drugs everywhere and the people that can't live in there because they can't get in for whatever reason are only are just living across the street and underneath the freeway underpasses. And they're coming over to take advantage of and get the the let's just say the goods and services that are provided to the Section 8 people at these particular places. Well, it's oh, wild wow. is like these normal looking apartment complexes will have Section 8 housing throughout them. Yep. So. Even though, let's just say 80% of the units are normal ass units. 20% have to be reserved. 20% is Section 8. Mm-hmm. So you have 20% of those housings and it's like, that's, well, first off, it's not fair to the 80%. But then also it's just shitty because it's like, well, these guys don't give a fuck because it's free. If I give you anything for free, you're going to take care of it way less than if you had to pay for it. Worst business is. you could ever run. 
right? Is to give that shit away, give something of value away for free. It's the it's the worst business you could ever Especially run. Especially a house. Well, it's not free to the the owners. That's what I mean. The owners are getting tax breaks. It's high value, getting, right? Yeah. But but and everybody else is paying for it, right? And yet this person doesn't have to, and so they don't care. They don't take care of it, right? They don't take care of it. They don't, they don't respect the people that are around them because they don't need to. They don't have to. I used to work Section 8 housing in East Palo Alto, the armed security guard. And, like, there were, obviously, there were a couple of people there who were trying to, like, you know, better their lives and whatnot. But then there were people who were just, you know, uh, taking as much advantage of the system as possible. And I'm not talking about, like, they got Section 8 housing. I'm saying Section 8 housing was, like, 1% of what they got. Wow. Like, the dad's on disability. The daughters are his caretakers. The mom is the the other t- caretaker. And it's like everyone in that house is probably making more than we are. And it's solely just based off of uh, government X, Y, and systems. Z. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I, like, I didn't even know these systems existed where, because these people were rolling up in like Mercedes and shit. And like, this is not the place to roll up in nice cars. It's insane. Like, it's 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 wild. It's wild how how people are able to take advantage of the system because the system is so fucking right. And so again, going going back to not having confidence, like you can understand why I don't have confidence that this was done with uh, with good intent. This was done with very personal. I think from a very personal agenda. When I talk about this, I mean this mandate and tax that they're talking about. It's very very obvious to me that this is about somebody's personal agenda, political agenda. These things have been getting in the way of. Again, regular law-abiding, tax-paying citizens for a long time. It continues to cost us more and more and more. It's not getting any better. It's only getting worse. That includes gun violence. It's on the sh- or violence that's committed with guns on the street. Uh, the the homeless problem, the drug problem, the not being tough on crime uh, continues to worsen things. Uh, they make empty promises one after the other, and yet we're now going to be saddled with something that, quite frankly based on the constitution is unconstitutional. And that is the thing that we keep passing another ordinance, another, another law, which starts to do what it's done is it's basically diluted or eroded what our, our basic, the basic tenants are. And as that started, all that's done is created room for bad people to do bad things. And I firmly believe the reason that we're in the situation we're in right now as a country and particularly in this particular situation is we're, we're all local here and we see what's happening here on a daily basis. We've talked through it in a lot of details because the bad people are making the decisions. And when the, when bad people, when the bad guys are in charge, the bad guys get the guns, the bad guys get away with the crime, the bad guys do the drugs, the bad guys traffic, traffic the people. And as soon as there's some level of exposure, right, of what may be happening, the shit gets real quiet and nobody ever at the top gets in trouble. This fucking dude is going to walk out of here at the end of this year, the beginning of next, when he goes to take his private job or whatever, before he starts to run for Congress or whatever, and he's not going to have to face consequences for any of the shit that he left behind. It's the same thing our governor is doing down there in, in, in our, up there in Sacramento right now. He left San Francisco a fucking mess. It's worse than it's ever been now. He didn't have to face the pay the piper for any of that. Now he's in, in, in the, in the state capital, just running amok. Dude's never punched a clock. He's never had a real job in his life. Do a little research on the dude. Like he's not a good person, like at, at a lot of levels. Career politician. And now he's moving on. The next stop for him is the fucking White House. Yeah. That's Career politician. The, that's, he's been a, picked. He's been groomed. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a major problem. And and so I guess at the end of the day with, with where we started opening up with this firearms policy here in the, in the state, 
I guess what I wanted to do is just bring some light to it for those people that may not be aware of it so that they understand where this is going and where it's coming from when it finally comes to your state, because it's fucking coming. It is coming. And so again, going back to the, to showing a little support and showing a little love instead of talking shit, instead of sitting back and look, if I lived in, what'd you say? Ass fuck Montana. And I could have, oh, fuck middle of Norma. yeah, if I could have, and I, if I could have all the cool stuff, uh, the suppressors and not have to worry about, you know, uh, barrel lengths or whatever the hell else. Like that would be really cool. But you know what? I don't need that. I really don't. I don't need it. What I, what I wanted, does it sound fun to me? Sure. Would I enjoy it? I'm sure I would, but I don't need that. What I need is to be left the fuck alone. And I would like, I don't have to have it, but I like a little support. That's it. Just a little support. In the meantime, if you can't provide that, leave me the fuck alone. Support how? Just to recognize like that, what, what what we said earlier as a starter is like, this is not good. The state of California is part of the United States of America. Okay. Right? I'm not being a little bitch here. I'm just saying like, you're sitting over here in this other state, which is part of the United States of America. And you're like, oh, that cut that part of this, the country should just fall off into the ocean, right? And just go away and we'd all be better as a result. Guess what? That's not reality. And that's not what's going to happen. And you know what it ends up looking like? Just cross the Atlantic Ocean, go to the mm-hmm. other side, and look at the shit that's going on over there right now. Now, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but is it? Think about the stuff that's going on over there and how things are separating, how things are getting divided. One goes down, then it's the next one. Then it's the next one. Ask Taiwan how they're feeling about shit right now, mm-hmm. right? Getting left out there all by themselves, right? Uh, there's a lot of things. And again, I don't want to make this something that it isn't. But when I say support, I just mean a little bit of, hey, we see what's going on over there and it's not okay. You know, and we recognize that this could be a problem for us. What are you guys learning? What do you guys know? What can you help us with? How can we avoid this? You know, that kind of support. And then I would love to get a little bit of support again on the leaving the fuck alone part from the government. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not bothering you. Yeah, I pay my taxes. Just tell me what the bill is at the end of the year and I'll fucking pay it. In yeah. the meantime, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to be bothered anymore that's the that's the second part to it well, leave me the fuck alone parts the more like libertarian you know perspective of it and that's well, like i said is me putting a stock on something that should have a brace legally technically like should i get railed for that or is it like i'm not hurting anyone leave me the fuck alone it's both that's the thing it's, it's like, both what is the stop sign rolling what's it called california rule no no the <laughs> where you said it's something in the law where it's like you broke the law, but it was like not that bad of a law. Oh, spirit of the law versus spirit, spirit of the law. law. Right. The letter, this is the letter of the law. Spirit of the law, right? Spirit of the law. I'm not fucking doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Let me fucking alone. Well, in the meantime, um, you know, kind of moving on because this thing is kind of left in the open. We kind of got to leave this conversation kind of where it is because there's there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it today. And it may not turn into anything, but if but it probably will. And I think that's the I think that's the reality of it. It, pro- it probably will. If you know. Yeah, we're fifty and zero. We're losing. We, we don't have a good winning a, winning streak right now. Track record. We're zero and fifty. Yeah, yeah. we're zero and fifty. So fucking yeah, this is just going to be fifty or zero and fifty one. Yeah, so. it's it's not good. So, but in the meantime, you know, if you want to support my buddy Kyle and what he's doing, or if you want to learn more about him, uh, that's easy to do. He's got a few places you can go. Kyle, where do they go to find out more about you? Uh, Instagram and Zeno Tactical or YouTube and Zeno Tactical. For the most part, just, you know, support those guys who are actually doing shit for us in the the legal system, like FPC, Firearms Policy Coalition. 
uh, Reno May Arm Scholar. There's a lot of boys out there doing doing good things. So agreed. Trying to get Reno and uh and uh, Arm Scholar on the show. What's what's it? it's Andrew? I want to say it's Anthony. Anthony, it's Anthony Arm Dude, Scholar doing the Lord's work. Yeah, this is. I mean, and these guys are all constantly putting out stuff on California gun law and federal gun law. I mean, Anthony's all over it. Uh, Anthony's I'm, super on it, and a lot of community. There's a lot of good stuff with those guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Check check those guys out. Kyle, I appreciate you coming on today. I'm sorry the 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 conversation wasn't more fun. It's an open ended uh, kind of situation as of right now, just because of where it is in the court system. Yep. Just hope it's not Owen fifty one. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.